What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Micro Famous episode. And we're talking today about pushing back against the pressure to be everywhere. You know, I, I think if you are like me and you follow people that you respect online, you can't help but feeling this constant external pressure to be everywhere online. You know, you see people sharing what they're doing on TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram stories, and um, that's just scratching the surface. There's always a bunch of other things that people are trying, whether it's just new tactics on on social media, you know, or they're trying a, a particular type of uh, video or a particular type of, um, you know, email technique or email strategy, whatever the case is. Point is, there will never not be pressure to be everywhere. And I'm going to go into some of the reasons why, which I think will counteract and help push back against some of that pressure. But you also have to recognize that there's internal pressure too. So setting aside all the stuff that hits us from the outside, there is an internal pressure. And it, it generated by things like fear of missing out is a big one, you know, um, fear that the efforts that you're putting into one place aren't going to pay off right? Maybe lack of confidence, limiting beliefs in yourself, things like that. And so you have to recognize, you may not be able to solve all those things right away. Uh, I mean, hopefully I'm going to give you some practical, you know, perspective shifts and things to think about that will help combat some of this stuff. But uh, just over time, notice that you will always have that pressure. There will never not be pressure to expand, right? Because the way that your brain operates, it thinks of it in terms of, hey, I'm doing this on this social platform. If I was to do this over here, that would be any results that I got would be in addition to what I'm already getting. Like that's just the way that our brain works. There is a constant internal pressure to expand and be in more places because our brain puts things into mental buckets. And so if you're active like I am and your main, your, your main place um, is LinkedIn, for example, you're always gonna be eyeing Facebook and going, man, there's billions of people there that I could be selling to that I'm not. And if I put some effort over there, all of the results that I get would be over and on top of what I'd be getting on LinkedIn. The problem is that's not true. It never has been true, right? But that's the way that our brain thinks about it because our brain creates this mental bucket called LinkedIn and we're getting the, the results there. And it thinks, well, if I create this other mental bucket called Facebook and I put efforts there, that those two buckets combined are going to be bigger than what I'm getting from LinkedIn now. That's just the way that our brain seemed to operate. And so there will never not be that internal pressure to be in more places. And there's always this external pressure from thought leaders and people that are trying new things and, and stuff like that, that we see their stuff and we, we interpret that as external pressure to be everywhere, right? And, and I don't think anybody does it intentionally. I think there's very few people actually that would tell you to be everywhere, right? I mean, I may, maybe Gary V, um, but there's, I think there's very few people telling you you have to be everywhere. It's the fact that that's the overriding overall message that we get from just being in the world of social media, right? One person's telling us, hey, you got to jump on Instagram. It's done wonders for my business. And like, no, they're like, hey, you got to launch your own podcast. Well, well, you got to be on TikTok. I'm getting insane views there right now. Um, it's, it's not that one person is telling you you have to be everywhere. It's that all kinds of different people are promoting their pet social platform. And so the message that we get bombarded with collectively as a result of being in the social media world is that we interpret that as pressure that we have to be everywhere, right? So anyway, let's get back to some things that hopefully will combat and push back against that pressure. So here's number one. You will never hear about the failures. You will never hear about the failures. So for every thought leader you see 
that comes out and says, hey, I just did this. I just grew my business six or seven figures off of Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. For everyone that does that, there's a whole bunch of other people that tried that and didn't get those results for whatever reason. Maybe it was them. Maybe it wasn't. But you just have to recognize that every time you hear a success story of someone succeeding on a social platform, remind yourself that you're never going to hear about the people that tried that social platform and failed. You're only going to hear the success stories. So don't beat yourself up because you hear success stories and don't act on that immediately and go running off to join this new social platform um, because you're not going to hear about the failures. You're only going to hear about the successes, right? Those are going to get spread. Those are going to get shared. That person is going to get, start getting interviewed on podcasts and talking about all their success they've had with this new social platform and stuff like that. And that's all awesome. And there may, be, there may come a time when you decide to put resources there. But just because you see a couple of success stories doesn't mean you have to abandon what you're doing and go over there and experiment with that platform, right? Take some time, breathe, and remind yourself, I will never hear about the failures, but they are out there. <laughs> so um, that come, brings us to number two, which is that everything works for someone, right? Everything works for someone. No matter what it is, whether it was Vine, whether it was, what was it, Gab? Um, and um, blah, who knows? There's a whole bunch of them that have kind of come and gone by now. But uh, blab, blab, yeah. Um, but there's a whole bunch of them that, I'm, that have come and gone and, uh, you know, Snapchat was really big for a while. Gary Vee was big on Snapchat for a while. You know, now Instagram and then Facebook has figured out, hey, why don't we just start emulating the, the best parts of whatever these new social networks come up with? We'll just steal their features. And we already have the attention. We already have people on our platform. So uh, I don't think even Gary Vee saw that coming. So Snapchat comes out. It looks like this whole new innovative model. It looks like they're going to leave every social platform in the dust. You know, everybody's talking about this is the death of Facebook and this or this is the death of Instagram. You know, this is, this is where all the young kids are going. And the next thing you know, Instagram rolls out its story features and six months later, Snapchat's struggling, right? Um, and I could be wrong on a little bit of the timeline there as far as how quickly it took effect, but it didn't take very long for people to go, oh, hmm. I can do the same thing I can do on Snapchat now on Instagram, and I already have five or 10,000 followers there, so why would I invest in building up a new base on Snapchat when I can just do the same thing now on Instagram? And if you think Facebook and Instagram didn't look at that example and learn something, <laughs> you, are, you are fooling yourself. They, I think they, uh, they took a, a big example from that and realized that, hey, if a new social media network comes out tomorrow and does something really innovative, we can probably build that feature into our existing infrastructure and make that an option for the types of content that people can create. You know, if you look at stuff like TikTok, um, I think it's, uh, I think it isn't, I think there's a feature coming to Instagram that's going to essentially emulate what you can do on TikTok. So like if one technology company can build it, if, if you don't think Facebook and, you know, the biggest tech company on the planet right now basically can, can emulate that in social media, uh, we're fooling ourselves. So the next time a big social network comes along, just remember everything works for somebody, right? That doesn't mean it's going to work for you or me. Uh, I have to remind myself of this too, right? Everything works for someone. So just because I see that, uh, you know, the Instagram stories worked really well or somebody built a seven-figure business off of, off of just Instagram, you know, could I run over and start putting more resources into Instagram? Absolutely. But I have to be honest with myself and go, yeah, but why did it work for them? Can I, do I have all those same factors? Can I make it work for me? And not just can I work, make it work for me, will I make it work better 
than the resources that I'm already putting into the places where I'm already active, right? The places that I've already proven work for me. So why would I leave the world of podcasting to go down the Instagram route and take resources, take time and mental energy away from the things that are already proven to work to go over to Instagram or a platform that's new when I already have a place that's proven to work and that's still growing, right? So things like podcasting, you know, things like, um, like, you know, Instagram compared to TikTok, you know, Instagram is still growing, but Instagram is already considered old by some people's standards. Well, does that mean it's not still growing? Absolutely not, right? Same thing with podcasting compared to, you know, Instagram or TikTok. Podcasting works really well for me. So, and podcasting is still growing. You know, there's a half a million new podcasts just in the past couple of years. Podcasting is still exploding. So while some people may look at that and go, oh, that's an older platform, I don't think so. I think it's just in its infancy. So why would I take resources away from something that's proven to work for me to put it into a place that's unproven, right? Uh, you have to remember that social platforms play to specific strengths. You know, if you look at TikTok, uh, you know, it's, it's based around fun, lighthearted videos. Well, if you are not a lighthearted person who easily sings and dances in your everyday life, TikTok might not be the best place for you. So it depends on your personality. It depends on your strengths. And no matter what your strengths are, even if you have strengths that are perfectly suited to the next big social platform, you have to remember the model is out there of how social media companies monetize their audience, right? It is a three-step process. Let you reach people for free based on the content that you create. Let you build up an audience of thousands of people and reach them for free. Then they start drilling you down in the algorithm. They start squashing you. And then they come out with an ad platform that says, hey, now you can reach 100% of your audience and more by just opening up your wallet, right? Simple three or four step process, right? It's the same process that every you know, social media company is probably going to use from here on out because it's proven to work. It worked with Facebook. It worked with Instagram. It worked somewhat with Snapchat. And I'm sure TikTok is on the same journey. Um, they're going to they're let you build an audience. They're going to write off your content. You know, to build that audience, they're going to let you reach thousands of people for free. They're going to they're squash you in the algorithm and make you pay to reach the people, right? Simple three-step process for extracting cash from your wallet. So it's only a matter of time, no matter what new social network comes along, I believe, that there will be a time when people are talking about it going, holy cow, the engagement I'm getting is insane. The numbers I'm getting is insane. And the people that capitalize on it, it will give them a temporary fleeting boost, now, if they're really smart and savvy, and some of them will be, they'll get them over onto longer-lasting platforms like Facebook and Instagram, or they'll get them into the email list or something to where they can reach those people permanently, because what's going to happen is then they're going to get squashed in the algorithm, and they're going to have to start paying to put their content in front of those people. So there, there'll be a honeymoon period, and then that honeymoon will end, just like it did with Instagram, just like it did with Snapchat. That honeymoon will end, and they'll be back to the point where they have to pay to reach new people. So that model is out there. So regardless of whether a social media platform plays to your strengths, remember everything works for someone. And no matter what happens, it will only be a matter of time before you have to pay to reach the audience that you built, right? Now, let's turn back to the energy uh, again. This is number three. Your energy is not unlimited. And this is one of the big things I run into with, with thought leaders and you know, especially people that are really motivational, that are really good at motivating other people, good at motivating themselves, is they're motivated by big goals. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there is a, a caveat, there's a pitfall to that, 
which is sometimes we overestimate how much energy we have in relation to the goals that we're setting and the, and the things that we're committing ourselves to, right? When you join a new social platform, that is a commitment. And if you don't look at it as a commitment, something is wrong, right? It should be looked at as a commitment, right? You are investing a piece of your life to start conversations, to start building a connection, to start building a community with a group of people in a certain place online. If you're not looking at that as a commitment, that is an issue. But let's say you're looking at it as a commitment. You have to remember that what you are committing is a piece of your life, life force. You are committing energy, mental and emotional energy to be there. So you're either doing one of two things. You are committing time and energy that you're going to take from somewhere else, or you're committing time and energy that you are expected to manufacture out of nowhere, basically, like new time and new energy. Well, how many of us have new energy that we can create to put into something? I would say probably not most of us. Now, there may be a part of our life where we can steal some energy from to put into our business for a while, and that's okay to an extent. You know, like you may be able to pull away from your family life for a half hour a day for a while um, or an hour a day, or you may be able to give some time up on the weekends or something like that. But that is a conscious choice. It should be a conscious choice. Like if you are committing to something to be uh, you know, on, on a new platform or something like that, you have to recognize that either A, you are pulling time and energy from somewhere else you're investing it in right now, or you are committing yourself to put in new time and new energy that you aren't putting into anything right else right now, right, in your business. So maybe you're pulling time away from family life, hobbies, recreation, or just relaxation and refreshing time, right? Maybe you're just basically saying like, look, I have downtime in the evenings. Normally I'd be relaxing, I'd be reading, or I'd be watching a show. I'm going to take that time and I'm going to learn how to build my Instagram following. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But you do have to recognize from the outset that your energy is not limited. Your energy is not limited. It is a finite resource. It has to be invested wisely and it has to be renewed and replenished, right? The more energy you put into any social platform, the less energy you have to give to other marketing channels, unless you are intentionally committing to invest more energy into that new platform, in which case you have to account for where that additional energy is going to come from. You know, are you taking it from your personal life? Are you taking it from hobbies? Are you taking it from family and friends? Or are you just taking it from your downtime? Uh, and if so, do you have a plan to replenish that energy? If you feel like you're not taking energy from the stuff you're doing now, well, where does that extra energy come from that you're going to put into that new social platform? Is it going to come from your downtime? Uh, does that mean you have to be more disciplined about when your downtime is and how long you take time off? Um, do you need to start building in you know, more activities that are truly refreshing and replenishing as opposed to just zone out you know, zone out in front of the TV kind of thing, right? Because there's different activities that are more refreshing than others. So there's a lot that goes into it, but you have to just remember that your energy is not unlimited. So when you think about it, if you have like five units of energy a day, and you put two of those units into client work, you put one of those units into, um, you know, working on, you know, projects and things like that in your business, managing your business, whatever the case is, building your business. Um, you know, let's say you have one unit left over for marketing. You have one unit of energy for marketing. And right now that's going to LinkedIn. Well, if you decide to also jump onto Instagram, either you're committing yourself to generate more energy a day, or you're going to take that one unit of energy you were putting into LinkedIn and you're going to split it. 
and that one unit of energy is now going to both LinkedIn and Instagram, and they're only getting half your attention, half of your, your one unit of energy, which means you're not going to get as good of results as you were getting out of LinkedIn. So anything that you pull away from that to go into Instagram in this example, you know, has to be accounted for. Like, are you going to get the same results on LinkedIn if you're now splitting your time and energy in two different places? Well, no. Something's going to happen. You're going to have a decrease in results from LinkedIn because now you're pulling energy away. Now, let's say you go, nope, I'm not going to pull any energy away from LinkedIn. I'm going to do Instagram out of my spare time. So now you're not only expending five units of energy a day. Let's say you're expending six. Well, where's that extra unit of energy going to come from? You know, are you pulling it from your relaxation, your downtime at night? Are you pulling it from family? Are you pulling it from hobbies, right? Whatever it is, that unit of energy has got to come from somewhere. It has to be generated and it has to be refreshed and replenished and renewed, right? Your, your, your gas tank of energy has to be filled up. Now, you may be able to get by for a small frame of time, but you're going you're gonna to run that energy reserve down to the point where then you break and that's where you feel like overwhelmed. And I see a lot of thought leaders go through this cycle over and over again. They overcommit themselves. They overcommit based on the real energy they actually have. And then a month or two later, they're going, holy cow, I feel so overwhelmed. And it's like, well, yeah, that's because of something you overcommitted yourself to two months ago. It seemed like a good idea then because you thought you had the extra energy, but you actually didn't. You just started using up your reserves and those reserves don't last forever. Um, there's a really great book sitting beside me on the bookshelf. Um, the Power of Full Engagement. Uh, it's by Jim Lohr and Tony Schwartz. This book, it, it just it hit me at the perfect time. I think it was in my late 20s because um, it's a few years old now at this point. And the tagline of the book is this, managing energy, not time, is the key to high performance and personal renewal. And so they go through just the dynamics of full engagement, what it means, why energy, not time, is our most precious resource. Um, balancing stress and recovery, you know, uh, balancing your physical and your mental and your emotional energy, how to channel that, how to replenish it, um, how do you manage your energy on a positive, uh, you know, on an ongoing basis, the power of positive rituals. Just, it's an incredible book. And it just, it really changed my perspective that the challenge isn't managing time. It's managing energy. And so if you think your energy is unlimited and you treat it that way, you're going to overcommit yourself. And in the world of thought leadership, a lot of times that the way that we overcommit ourselves is to overcommit in things like social media, right? Because of that constant internal and external pressure to be everywhere. It's like if we have any energy left over at the end of the day, if we're not returning messages and we're not creating more content for social media, we feel guilty like we're shortchanging our business. But you have to have those energy reserves at the end of the day. You like you have to have rituals that replenish your energy. You still want to, you know, you want to leave it all on the field, so to speak. It's not like you want to go through your day just conserving. You want to expend your energy. You want to put everything you have into your business and growing your business, and then you know building up your your personal and your family life and all that stuff. But you do have to have the time and the ritual is to refresh your energy and your energy is not limited. So that's really the point that I want to make with number three. Your energy is not unlimited. Think carefully about what you, what you commit to because you've got some energy reserves that you can probably write off of for a little while. You can overcommit yourself for a little while and then it's going to have a breakdown moment. 
and you're not probably going to connect that the breakdown moment that you have is related to some things that you overcommitted to two, three, four months ago, right? It's just, it's too far removed and somebody else like a coach would probably have to point that out to you because it's, it's, it's so far removed that we often don't make those connections ourselves. So if you look at every decision like, hey, I have a, I have a pie, I have a limited pie that represents my energy and that pie must be divided. It is not infinite. It is not a, it is not an ever filling pie that just, it's not like breadsticks at Olive Garden. Like somebody doesn't just keep filling it up when you take it out, right? There, there is a finite store of energy that we have. There's things we can do to raise it. There's things we can do to replenish it. That's what that book I mentioned is for, The Power of Full Engagement. That's great. Go get that book. But at the end of the day, we still have a limited store of energy. So before we commit to being in more places, think carefully and think deeply about where that energy is going to come from. Are we pulling it from somewhere that's already committed to now? Or are we making an additional commitment to pull energy from our downtime, from our hobbies, from our family life to put into that new venture, right? So those are the three things. You will never hear about the failures. Everything works for someone. Your energy is not unlimited. So to bring this full circle back, those are the things that I keep in mind that help me push back against the pressure to be everywhere, right? They help me move forward with confidence and clarity in a calm, methodical, relentless, systematic way because I know that my energy is limited. I know that everything out there works for someone. That doesn't mean it's going to work for me. And I know that I will never hear about the failures, right? Those are the things that I remind myself of and my they've, they've, they've sunk so deep into my belief system that now I feel a lot less pressure to be everywhere. There's still a little bit of that internally. I still get bombarded with it the same way you do online, but it doesn't have a lot to hold on to inside of me. So it doesn't, I don't feel that sense of guilt every time somebody posts that there's a new social platform where they're getting crazy engagement and views. I don't look at that and go, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I had time to do that. I don't get that FOMO. I don't get that fear of missing out, right? So the more that you, that you take these things in and these sink into your brain, into your heart, and they become part of your belief system, that pressure does go down. And that's encouraging, right? That is, an, that is a much better headspace to live in where you don't feel anywhere near as much of that pressure to be everywhere. Because then what happens, it unleashes your energy to focus on the things that you already are doing, that you know are already working, and to keep pressing on with the things that are working. So I'll leave it there for now. Like I said, the, um, the book that I mentioned, it's The Power of Full Engagement. Uh, Jim Lohr, Tony Schwartz are the co-authors. It's amazing. Uh, go get that book if you have time to, or go get it on Audible. But anyway, thank you so much. I really appreciate everybody sharing and uh, and leaving reviews for the show and uh, and telling other people about it online and all, all the fun stuff that you guys do just to help the show grow. I really appreciate it. I read every single uh, review that shows up on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate and I read every single email I get from uh, from folks that reply. Uh, to give me feedback or to ask me follow-up questions about the episodes. Uh, I'm very easy to reach. Uh, my email is matt at pursuingresults.com. So with that being said, thank you so much again. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your time and attention, and we'll see you on the next episode.